can't do it. I can't. I, I'm not that strong. I had told myself through this Pirates-Dodgers game, you're not going to rant about the salary cap thing. You're not going to rant about Los Angeles's $300 million payroll. You're just going to talk baseball because your listeners the next day are going to be like, hey, I didn't stay up for that thing. What happened? Well, I, I I can't. I can't. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. See? Kept it somewhat on topic. <laughs> It comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. The Steelers and Penguins play in salary cap leagues. Everybody plays in salary cap leagues except baseball. And it's never on more stark display than whenever it's Dodgers versus Pirates or Dodgers versus anybody in the Pirates' payroll stratosphere. I'll cut you off right where you are, okay? Yes, the Pirates can spend more. We've been over this a billion times. Yes, Bob Nutting's a cheapskate. Been over that a trillion times. If the Pirates were spending to where they could be should be, and I believe under Ben Charrington will be, they're going to be around the 110, 115, 120 range. They were close to that in their last run, peaking out at 109. So what I'm and under the same owner, so I'm not giving you something that's really crazy or far fetched. So work that out of your system. Major League Baseball's economics are broken beyond repair. The Dodgers signed, a handful of years back, a local television contract that pays them unimaginable amounts of money. They literally can write a blank check for their payroll. That was known at the time, and people like me wrote about it, and all you heard from the national media and everything was, oh yeah, but the Dodgers haven't won a World Series in a long time, so it doesn't matter, there's lots of parody. As if the Dodgers somehow getting payrolls at $250-$300 million a year wasn't going to have any impact on anything. Back then... It was known that they would grossly outspend even the Yankees and the Red Sox and everyone else. And what do you know? That's come to pass. Oh, and guess what else you know? The Dodgers now regularly win World Series. Incredible how that works. Who saw it coming? Who saw it coming? You want to talk about baseball? I can talk about baseball. Steve Brault pitched great last night. At Dodger Stadium. Took a shutout into the sixth inning. Was pulled after 76 pitches by Derek Shelton because he's got a 75 hard count for the rest of this season after missing four months to a lat injury. Nick Mears came in and bailed him out, kept the kept the game scoreless. Pirates scored kind of a cheapy run, took a one-nothing lead, 
and then they brought in some bad relief pitchers and lost 2-1. to one. There, there's your game summary. That's that. The Pirates had the tying run 90 feet away. So the Dodgers' $238 million payroll advantage put them at a 90-foot head start ahead of beating the Pirates. Obviously a small sample size at hand. And then when you're watching this, and if you're me, and I, I always have an eye on social media, and I'm putting some things on Twitter about this, and I'm getting blasted the way you can imagine that I would by Dodgers fans who think this is delusional, it's crazy talk. Tell your owner to spend some money. Okay, if if the owner, meaning nutting, spent to the Pirates' revenues, to the Pirates' max revenues, meaning TV, fill up, PNC Park, the whole deal, you'd be right around the figure I mentioned, 110, 120, which would be less than half of what the Dodgers are spending. Remember here that in this, in this economic environment, the Pirates' dream world is to get their prospects up to Pittsburgh and to be able to absolutely top out into that range. That's, that's something that these people in Los Angeles and New York and wherever else, it's only a handful of markets, obviously, they think that's okay. They think that's just the natural order of things. I love reminding people of when the Mets got new ownership and they decided that they were going to spend more than the borderline criminals that were running the franchise before them. And there was all this, yes, this is how it should be. And Buster Olney from ESPN writes, after the Mets made a big signing, this is how it's supposed to be. The Mets are big market bullies again. Those were his exact words. That's how they see things. That's how this sport is to them. It's not terribly unlike the way European soccer is. It's just normal for Manchester United or Liverpool or Barcelona or AC Milan or whoever. I don't follow it really at all. But those are the names that come up a lot, and those are where all the star players end up going. That's how they see baseball. They see baseball as the great exception in North America. Well, yeah, those other leagues, they have salary caps, but ha 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 ha, you could never do that in baseball can't tell you how many times I've gotten that response from people. Can't begin to tell you how many. Why? Well, because it's baseball. The owners wouldn't go for it. Sure they would. Sure they would. The owners become way richer. And you know who becomes richest of all in a salary cap system? The big market owners. The players would never go for it. Players don't have to go for it. The players didn't go for it in the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Soccer. Name your league. The players didn't go for it. The owners and the leagues set the work rules. 
this system is I, I can't. I can't. It, it's it's to me it's amazing more than anything else that there are people who attempt to defend it. Who attempt to defend it. I was hearing last night from these LA people, well the Dodgers have all this homegrown talent. They have as much homegrown talent as any t- Of course they do. A they really do draft and develop well. That's fair. But they never have to lose any of them. They can sign them all into eternity, and they can do so at zero risk. And on those occasions when they do have an opening on the diamond, well, let's just go and get Mookie bets, because even the Red Sox can't match what the Dodgers can pay bets. Or let's go get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from the Nationals, because why not? What's the limit? What's the limit? Where's the joy in following a team like this? Where's the joy in being a fan of a team like this? When you see them celebrate the World Series at the end, what are you thinking to yourself? I mean, the only person you should want to go and high-five is whoever negotiated the local TV contract. I told you I wasn't going to be able to stay off this subject. Pirates played a decent game. Whatever, whatever. Baseball's busted. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and that's brought to you on this program always by the north shore tavern directly across federal street from pnc park for anybody who doesn't know this weekend is picklesburg in our fair city and if you don't know what picklesburg is i'm not going to explain it. it's just a big old event that happens on a bridge and has stuff to do with pickles so in that spirit mike sukic and everybody at north shore tavern at mike's beer bar are commemorating this by offering, you're not going to believe this, steak and pickle sandwich, pickle brine chicken sandwich, Picklesburg pickled cauliflower. (laughs) Are you ready for the topper? A pickle beer. I can't even begin to imagine what a pickle beer is. So I'm just going to move right on and take our actual question, which comes from Al, and Al asks, if adversity displays character, what players on the Pirates are showing you a winner's character? That's that's good. That's good. This is not a team that will finish with a winning record or anything within the solar system of a winning record. But that doesn't mean that individuals can't carry themselves in a winning way. So I'm going to I'm going to give this one a good effort, Al. I'm going to take both a hitter and a pitcher. And for the hitter, I'm going to take the lowest hanging fruit possible and that of course is Brian Reynolds. It does take a special level of internal drive, internal commitment to continue showing up and performing the way he has both at the plate and in the field. Yes, you can argue that 
once he puts himself into the MVP discussion, that can become motivation in and of itself. But realistically, I mean, he has to know he's not going to get it, you know? He has to know that Fernando Tatis Jr. is still out there and that voters, the Baseball Writers Association of America, including myself, are going to be unlikely to pick someone from a team with a record like what the Pirates are going to wind up with. And yet he has found a way to do those things that are necessary to perform at that level Every day, the consistency with this guy is just amazing. And it was the same thing that I was saying about him in 2019, where he just wouldn't even go through a slump. He wouldn't go through a period where you said, ah, we'll just give him a mulligan. It's like he got all of his bad at-bats out of the way in one shortened 60-game season in 2020, and everything else has just been excellent. That's that's a winner, my man. That's a winner right there. Now, the pitcher is, is going to be a little bit different because, as, as we all know, there's been really no pitchers, at least none that are still on the roster, uh, who've been excellent or even very good. I guess the only guy that's left on the team that you could say that about, uh, in fairness, is David Bednar. But my winner guy is going to be JT Brubaker. And I know, I know he's fallen on hard times of late. He's giving up too many home runs. But I'm around this guy, and I hear the way uh, he asks questions uh, of his coaches, of his instructors, of his teammates. He's constantly trying to learn. Uh, Derek Shelton has described him as being borderline obsessive with how often uh, he's working to pick up new bits of information about his own performance or others' performance, whatever it is that he can apply. Uh, He's also very competitive, and you can see that on the mound. That doesn't mean he's, you know, doing dances and whatever else out there, but you can see that energy. You can see that fire. Uh, I've said already this summer that I believe when Brubaker has a chance to really reset himself and understand that this this guy's got every excuse to be getting hit hard right now, uh, having been shut down for all of 2019, then having the shortened season last year, and he's now in, he's basically in extra innings of, of this year as far as uh, what he's got left in his tank. I've said that this player could be that leader type that you want for a rotation. And sometimes when people hear that, they think I'm talking about, oh, you're building him up like he's you know Nolan Ryan or something. No, I'm talking about someone who could be something of a role model for the rest in terms of how he carries himself, how he goes about his business. That's very much JT Brubaker. He's my choice for that one. Really, really good question, Al. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.